what's the call to action then? How do we get Mary off off the internet and into our business? Soft call to action is to get her into the Facebook group. This mm. is where we're now going to start Love creating it. a community of Marys. Hi, and welcome to the WP Elevation podcast. I'm Troy Dean, one of the founders here at WP Elevation, and I'm very pleased to announce that this week our feature guest is Lee Jackson from Angled Crown in the UK, and he's also the host of the WP Innovator podcast. Lee and I have been uh, friends online for quite some time now, and I was on his podcast recently, and we had an epic conversation about mental health and being a WordPress freelancer. And so I thought I'd return the favor and have him on the WP Elevation podcast. And in this episode, we talk all about content creation. Specifically, we run a little experiment where we pretend that we're starting a brand new business from scratch, and I put Lee in charge of generating leads so I can go and practice my golf swing. And I give him no budget and uh, tell him to convince me that we should be using the interwebs to generate leads. And he walks through, he makes a very good case. He walks through a very, very straightforward process for taking the knowledge that you've got in your head and turning it into super helpful content you can put online to attract leads and customers. So I implore you, if you want more leads and more sales and more customers in your business, content is the answer and Lee Jackson is here to help. Stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey, this episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation. Well, more specifically, it's brought to you by a bunch of our happy customers. See, frankly, I feel a little bit awkward telling you how great WP Elevation is because you're probably not going to believe me because WP Elevation is my baby. It's something that we started over three years ago. Of course, now we're a team of of, of coaches and mentors, and we have hundreds, and by the time you're listening to this, probably thousands of members all over the world. But it still really is something that I'm very passionate about. And, and of course, if you join WP Elevation, we make revenue and we make profit. So it's a little bit awkward if I tell you how great it is, because you probably think I'm just trying to sell you on it. And partially I am, because I know how beneficial the program is. So what I'd love to do instead is just introduce you to some of our customers. So if you go to wpelevation.com slash the podcast, all one word, you'll be able to hear some of those stories from our customers and hear for yourself how WP Elevation has impacted their business and changed their lives. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you check it out at some point. Right now, let's get back to the podcast. Hi, I'm Troy Dean from WP Elevation and I'm very pleased to welcome Lee Jackson to the WP Elevation podcast. Hey Lee, how you doing? I am doing absolutely awesome and I'm just loving how we got started, mate. I know. just love it. It was a professional effort, wasn't it? It was amazing. <laughs> we're, we're, it was the best. We'll try and find the recording of what happened before this uh, recording <laughs> and post that somewhere on YouTube or uh, Instagram. I have the entire 11 minutes and 20 seconds worth. Do you really? Oh, you're recording at <laughs> yeah. your end. Excellent. Let's put it on Instachat or Snapgram or whatever the kids are using these days. Um, for those of you who don't know, tell us, uh, we, we did try to live stream this into Facebook and figured out that when you try and plug too much technology into each other, the interwebs breaks. So right. um, we've learned something today. Hey, for those of you that don't know, tell us a little, about, a little bit about who Lee Jackson is and what you do and why you're here. All right. Um, Lee Jackson, that's me, is a bit of a serial entrepreneur, started off selling stuff at school. You know how you do uh, selling calligraphy as a kid to local Christian bookshops, <laughs> all, all of that good stuff. 
uh, making money. Uh, didn't eat lunch so that I could save money up to buy things or, you know, that sort of guy. So uh, eventually had to leave work and I, I run two businesses. I run an event engine. I'd say uh, a business based on WordPress building event websites for event organizers. And I also run Angle Crown. Uh, and that's a business where we focus on design agencies who know how to create amazing designs but need the help to actually build those into WordPress themes to get them live for their clients. So those are the kind of the two main niches all around WordPress, obviously, because I'm a stupid uber geek and love WordPress. And I've been doing it since it was something like B2 or something like that. Yeah, I think wow. I was like version one or something. Or version, no, 0.9. I think I jumped in at WordPress. Wow, really? Yeah, wow, totally. that's impressive. I was blown away. Were you a B2 user before it became WordPress? Or, or... No, I, I, I literally took it on when it became WordPress. Right, I, I'd heard of B2. I used to use Dixit. That's D-I-X-I-T. I don't yeah. know if you know one. It was by some French guy. Right. Uh, and I was using that for a CMS, but was desperate for something a bit better. And obviously WordPress, it was 0.9. I was like, yeah, well, let's have it. So, and the event, back. the event engine thing, is that kind of inspired by the restaurant engine uh, who's the man whose name escapes me started Restaurant Engine? Well, I've been doing it for eight years, so oh, I think wow. I beat him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've we've been running that as a as an ongoing um, platform now for uh, about six years. We designed it eight years ago, mm -hmm. and then actually properly pushed it out about six years ago, based on WordPress. Then, um, and wow. we run multiple multiple sites on different themes that we've made with yep. different features, et cetera, depending on if they're a conference or if they're an exhibition or whatever they are, et cetera. So. Got it. And that's like a like a hosted version of WordPress with, you know, themes yep. and all the wonderful things that come along with having WordPress as a CMS. Exactly. It's kind of like a SaaS, but a bit more hands-on because we do the consultancy as well and we actually help them build the sites, give them custom designs and do all of the consultancy as well for things like lead generation, gotcha. getting footfall in at the, uh, at the event and everything. Yep. Got it. Um, it's interesting that you've targeted a niche there or a niche, as our friends in the States say. Um, I want to come and talk a little bit more about that. But um, just to give people a little bit of context, on this episode, we want to talk specifically about using digital content or using the internet to share your ideas and your thoughts as a way of attracting new clients and customers to your business. And you're doing a lot of this around YouTube. I've been seeing, actually been seeing your how-to videos come up in my feed on YouTube. So I want to do talk. That's good. Yeah, I want to do talk a little bit about uh, about that. But um, I want to set the scene a little bit because it's a very noisy marketplace. The internet's very noisy. There's like, we're just being bombarded with stuff every day and there's only so much attention we have. So why do you think you know, to to loosely use the word content marketing, which I really don't like that word because I just think content such a such a dry, sterile, unsexy, unemotional word. But that's really mm. what we're talking about is putting your content up online and then sharing it with potential customers and clients. Why do you think it's an important topic for the people who are listening to this podcast who are pro predominantly freelancers and people in the web design WordPress space? Why do you think they should be paying attention to this for the next 35 minutes and not looking at pictures of... Uh, you know, hummus and kale on Instagram? Um, well, uh, by all means, that's actually a very important part of the internet doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as well as cat pictures. It's, it's actually part of the internet law. Uh -huh. um, anyway, uh, no, well, the reason is, is yes, it's a noisy place. But the fact is, is that your target audience has a very specific need and message that they need to hear that they probably are not hearing. And you could be the one. 
to start giving out that message because people can say, hey, I'm doing online marketing and there could be a, a million John Lee Dumases out there who are quite broad. Mm. But when you're dealing with the, you know, the very specific niches that you're dealing with who have very specific problems and maybe will unpack one of those uh, problems later on that, you know, that I solve, um, people will listen. People, You will stand out amongst all of those other people hey, this guy is talking to my very specific need. I need to watch this YouTube video. And before long, you're growing a community and a fan base. Mm. Um, okay, so uh, let's let's just start unpacking that because there's quite a bit that you said there that resonates with me. But what you just explained <laughs> can actually take a long time, right? So totally. let, let's go right from the start. Let's let's just do a, run a little experiment here and say, all right, let's say that you and I were starting a brand new uh, business and we decided uh, on our niche, and I said mm-hmm. to you, all right, mate, um, it's gonna be your job to put together the, the kind of strategy for getting leads in the door, because uh, yep. I've got a horrible golf swing that I need to correct, so I'm gonna go and practice <laughs> my golf swing, and you can I generate leads. divorced the relationship at this point. <laughs> and we have no budget, so you're gonna have to use the internet um, very cleverly to attract leads at a very low cost. What's the very first thing that you would do? If we were having this meeting, what's the first conversation you'd wanna have and the first thing you'd wanna work out? Uh, the first thing I would wanna work out is exactly who am I targeting? So who is the avatar? Uh, so. Um, so like we've got an avatar, his name changes depending on how stupid we're feeling, uh-huh. but we describe exactly who it is that we're looking to reach to. So who, who is the ideal com- c- customer and then what is his or her problem? What's their problem, um, that we are solving. So that's the very first thing we'll do. do shall I carry on unpacking it? Um, yep. Yeah, but I, I just want to touch on that a little bit. If you've never okay. written, if you've never written an avatar before, because and I got to confess, right? I had le- I'd learnt this stuff, and I'd been having these conversations for years when I had my agency back in two thousand, started my agency back in two thousand and nine. And I thought it was a, I thought this whole custom avatar thing was a bunch of woo woo crap that was, that that we <laughs> that we just kind of did because we we're actually too scared to pick up the phone and call people and try and drum up business. And it wasn't until I actually did the exercise that everything changed in the business, and I realised how powerful it was. So, if you've now, I think that one of the problems is that when we design a customer avatar, we're afraid that, well, if I just go after Mary, I'm going to miss out on Peter, John, and Paul, right? Mm. How do you overcome that FOMO? Uh, <laughs> you, you feel the fear, and then you do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, because the fact is, is that although you're speaking specifically, let's say Mary now for the rest of the podcast, because that's uh-huh. cool, yeah. Mary. All right. Yeah. So if you're speaking specifically to Mary, yes, they, you know, you are going to resonate with her on everything you're saying, but also the messages that you're explaining to Mary are totally, um, uh, are totally relevant to multiple people all around the world. So, you know, I listen to podcasts sometimes that are mainly targeted to, targeted towards women in their early twenties, and yet I am getting so much from that podcast in fact uh, amy schmittauer uh, vlog like a block boss mm. i am totally not her demographic at all um I, she is uh, uh, reaching out to uh, women i think in her early 20s if you read the book vlog like a boss i am not her avatar and yet i watch her videos every week i lap up her content like crazy i buy her stuff wow. and i'm not even her avatar so there you go fomo is it's a it's a myth um and so the benefit of Having an avatar then is is and understanding their problem is mm-hmm. how does that help us as 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 marketers and as people who are trying to generate leads? 
Right. Well, you're super focused, aren't you? You you know who Mary is. You know all of her problems, and you can you're simply talking to Mary every single week about all of the different problems that she may have. So that allows you as well to create content specifically for Mary as well, uh, and to talk to the Marys of the world and find out what their problem are and create a community of Marys, etc. Uh, which is just going to continue to give you more and more and more ideas. I mean, we've got 34 or 35 new episodes planned for the YouTube podcast just because we've been looking at our Mary and working out what all of her problems are and having conversations with all the Marys in the industry. I'm loving this word Mary. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, sorry. Hi, Mary, if you're, if you're listening. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've got, it's just, it makes it so easy. It makes it so easy to know who you're talking to and to, to actually create the content and to plan the content, all of it. It's just, it's, yeah. Because you're not trying to keep everyone happy all of the time. Exactly. Right. A mistake I made eight years ago, I, I ran an agency that was all things to all men, and we made very little money yeah. until I started telling to Mary. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, rich. so so we know we, we've, we've worked out the avatar. Um, any quick tips for, for kind of writing out your customer avatar? What sort of things are we looking for there? Uh, yeah, um, do give her a name. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've, we've called her Mary today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but also have a little bit of fun with it as well. Um, but also go a little bit broader as well. So it's not just that Mary is looking for help with her business, etc. We've actually gone as far as with our avatars because we've actually got a couple of different avatars with different businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we've gone for age, a sex. It doesn't matter. You can stick with the sex. It doesn't actually matter because it's, it's still the same area. It could be male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also say, you know, like uh, I think uh, our avatar for Angle Crown is the, the guy is, um, is 35. It's very specific. Mm-hmm. He's actually got two children. He mm-hmm. loves spending time with his children, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and those sorts of things actually helped, helped to build up a wider picture of our avatar um, so that we can actually gear content towards that. Because if I've got a guy who's 35 who wants to spend time, more time with his family and he's mm-hmm. running a crazy, uh, di- a, di- uh, a crazy agency, mm-hmm. he, we want to target our content on productivity and things that will help him get more time with his family. So yeah, creating an avatar is more than just what is their business and what do they do, but it's actually creating a whole narrative around that person to help you understand you know, what makes them tick, what's going on in their lives and how you can help them on the broader spectrum. All right, so I know who Mary is. I've kind of understand what her problem is. This is like a first draft. It doesn't have to be perfect. I've just got to get something done so I can start thinking about creating some content. What's the purpose of this content that I'm, that I'm creating? Uh, well, the, the purpose of the content will be to help Mary. So it's, this isn't content that's going to be, Hey Mary, look at this amazing product that I've got. This is simply your, um, good deed to the world, your lasting legacy, which is to create loads and loads and loads of super valuable, freely available content to Mary. That's my next step. Mm -hmm. So I'm not making any money yet. I'm just helping Mary out as much as I possibly can with the benefit of the years of experience that I've got. And I'm saying, as your new business partner in this venture, I'm saying, but, um, but Lee, um, why would we give away our secret sauce? Won't all of our competitors just come along and have a look at our helpful content and just copy us? Well, they can copy us and then we can, you know, sue them. <laughs> true. Uh, true. Uh, well, putting yourself in front of a camera with a very specific, very specific message um, means that you kind of kick out a lot of the competition anyway because we are when you've got a... a, 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 a two things when you've got a really specific niche Mm. there's not that many competitors but also when you are putting yourself out there as you so lee jackson the personality Mm -hmm. there is only one lee jackson there is only one troy dean etc giving this message and people are attracted to the personality so you know i could maybe come along and try and copy you 
but people wouldn't care because even if I was saying all the same things and putting on a fake Troy Dean accent and everything, people would not care because it's not Troy Dean. They don't have that feeling of affinity towards you or anything else like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so sorry, towards me, it's it, you know they're your audience, etc. And it's the same with my audience. So a competitor trying to do the same, you know, they they ain't going to get the traction. Yeah. Does that and answer I, your question? I kind of went off on Yeah, it does. No, no, it's good. I wasn't being facetious, <laughs> but it's actually one of the big objections that I get all the time from, particularly yeah. from corporate clients, is, oh, you know, we've got trade secrets and we've got our secret source and our unique process and our secret way of doing things. And we don't want to share that online because, you know, that, that's our unfair advantage, which I, of course, think is hogwash. Uh, but but I'll, it is know. hogwash. Yeah. There's, there's enough business out there for everybody as well. But also, Everyone's lazy. So even if you tell people exactly how to do absolutely everything with yeah. the five-point YouTube video yeah. and the print-off checklist, they're still yeah. going to pay you to do it anyway. Yeah, of course they are. That's <laughs> right. Because they want you to do it. They don't want to do Correct. it. Correct. That's right. And also, you just mentioned something very interesting is that there's enough work for everybody. This is a mindset thing, and I love mindset. I could talk about it for hours. In fact, I think we did recently on your podcast. Um, yeah. But this is this is really the fundamental difference between having a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. You clearly have an abundance mindset. I can tell that because of your behavior and your actions and what you do and the things that you say and the, the things that you do. How did that come about for you? Because I I don't believe we're born with an abundance mindset. I, I Well, maybe we are, but I think we're kind of trained to operate from a scarcity point of view. So how did you get to that point where you were comfortable enough giving away your secrets and knowing that, you know, that there's enough work for everyone to go around? Uh, well... The point um, I mentioned earlier that we ran an agency. So eight years ago, I was running an agency that was literally all things to all men. And we were really struggling to drum up business because we were a small voice in a very crowded market. So the moment we decided to niche right down into the events industry suddenly made me realize that I now had a captive audience who wanted to know information. They wanted this free information. And the, the result was that it... it it was very quick. It was very quick in my understanding to see that if I gave away free information to this very narrow niche, that people would start paying attention to our business and we would start to generate leads for our business. And we literally went from, you know, no leads to emails coming in the door, visiting London, setting up new contracts, etc. I remember going into one meeting after we did this, after we niched right down, just a few weeks later, mm. I walked out of like it was my first 7K deal. Um, in London, and mm. uh, I remember kind of floating on air, and we did mm. another 100k deal then later on because we'd gone right down into into that specific niche. Mm. That obviously then opened up the fact that there's not that many people who need to hear this message. So let's talk to them all. It doesn't matter, you know. There's a million, there's a billion people in the world, mm. but there's only a thousand comparatively who need to hear our particular message. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if I start giving all this this information away. That's really interesting too, because I think it's tempting to and I've been guilty of this in the past, is you publish something on Facebook or you publish a blog post and then you come back 24 hours later and there's only two comments and you feel really deflated. And, <laughs> you know, so, but the truth, you're right, the truth is that they might be the only two people that need to hear the message and that could actually exactly. be a life-changing connection that you've just had with those two people. So how do you prevent, and I'm kind of thinking from coaching clients as well, how do you educate clients that, it's not about likes, it's not about retweets, it's not about shares, it's about quality engagement. How do I explain that to them? Uh, hmm. Not even sure if I fully understand the question, to be honest. Right. Can okay. you rephrase that? So, so how, yeah. do you, how do you manage clients' expectations when you start working with them and you start producing content with them and you kind of take them down this content path? How do you manage their expectations when they don't you know, when, when their video on YouTube doesn't go viral, 
how do you kind of keep making the case that content is worth it? It's not about the numbers. It's about quality engagement. Okay. Well, we don't do that with clients, but I can tell you from my perspective, uh, because I do create content, put it out there for my business. Mm -hmm. Um, so with the podcast, we launched the podcast two years ago Mm -hmm. and I just had to keep telling myself when we were only getting a hundred downloads, um, per episode. Now we're getting thousands of downloads, which is amazing. It's gone, you know, but you know, over the two years, I just had to keep telling myself that this will, but this will build traction Mm. and, uh, it, it's a it's a slow it's it's not a quick thing you're not going to start making millions overnight mm-hmm. so i just had to talk to myself and agree right from the get go that i was going to give it a minimum of a year mm-hmm. uh, to to grow the podcast uh, and i'm glad i did and then the same with the youtube channel we only launched the youtube channel a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh, we've got about 100 subscribers which is nothing to write home about but it is actually a hundred subscribers who mm. are mainly our audience which is freaking phenomenal so i have to keep telling myself that we are and we now have an audience who are looking at my eyeballs mm-hmm. making a connection um on youtube who are my target audience and you know so things like that small wins small things to just keep encouraging myself so yeah we don't actually create content or help clients create content and push it out with the strategy uh, so i obviously couldn't answer that but sure uh, you know flipping it on us this yeah. is how we're keeping ourselves going because you yeah. know 15 likes on a video doesn't feel like a lot yeah yeah yeah. but equally we just have to go and find all the positive stuff if we look at all the negative stuff it's going to stop us in our tracks you know if i'd have kept looking at the statistic of the wp innovator podcast yeah um a year and a half ago i'd have probably given in yeah um but i decided to ignore that because that was 100 people who i previously was not talking to yeah correct that's right in my niche and okay, so so you've made the case. I'm in agreement. Well, you know who the avatar is. Thank you, Mary. We know what their problem is. You're going to create some content to be really helpful for Mary. How do we then get that content in front of Mary? Well, I have a very clear strategy for this, and this is to start off with podcasting. So the reason why we never launched our YouTube channel, although you could, in theory, apply this theory to YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. The, our theory was go ahead and find all of the suppliers to Mary. So the people who already have um, Mary's attention mm-hmm. and get them on the podcast mm-hmm. and start interviewing those people, which helps um, me mm-hmm. build up my credibility with them because mm-hmm. I had Troy Dean on episode five of the WP Innovator podcast. That mm-hmm. was pretty damn awesome. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I used you now. Have you realized <laughs> I used you? That's okay. I'm, a, I'm okay <laughs> with that, Lee. <laughs> it's a service I provide. Thank you very much. I much appreciate it. it was a great episode as well. I need to listen back to that. I remember being so scared. Um, but the idea is, is I'm benefiting then from the audiences um, of those suppliers. Um, and then all those different Marys are then starting to hear of me. And then they might stay. They might only listen to that episode mm. and then go away. Fine. But some of them might actually stay and subscribe. And that actually helped build up the audience. So, yeah, my, my clear target was uh, get the suppliers of Mary. Um, build up relationships with those guys and um, do the podcast with those guys. In theory, you could do the same with video, although it's a lot harder, I think, to get people live on, on YouTube to do a, a video recording with them, whereas they're very happy to do this, like a phone call or something like that, yep. uh, to do a, a, um, a podcast. So we've only just launched the podcast. We're doing a seasonal podcast in the events industry. Mm. And I sent out an email to a whole load of suppliers, and I've literally you know, filled a, um, a, a, a whole season now uh, ready uh, for, for launch with a whole load of suppliers for my target audience, you know, app developers, all these different people who've got really unique, specific messages that will help our Mary in the mm. events industry. And, um, you know, I'm going to get benefit of, as well of all of their audiences as well, and that's going to help grow the podcast. So I'm adding value and getting more ear, ears and eyeballs. Do you ever get pushback from those suppliers who, who kind of see you as competition and they, they don't, they don't want to be a part of that conversation? 
Um, if they don't, that's fine because I wouldn't want to interview them because you said earlier that whole abundance mindset, you know, yeah. and we tend to, you know, in, uh, we tend to interview people who potentially are competition with us as well. And if they're happy to have a conversation, then we're happy to have a conversation too because, you know, it is, there is enough business out there for everyone and no one's exactly the same anyway. I'm, unless you're talking about a physical, I guess if you're talking about a, a pen, maybe pens are very very similar but you know when it comes to things like the service industry and applications etc each different software application and that has a very unique uh you know feature etc so yeah yeah Yeah. i'm gonna shut up now because i could talk for hours (laughs) no no no, it's all good i'm loving it um and okay, so now we're we're getting those supplies on the podcast. Uh, Mary is coming and listening to the podcast. She's engaging with us. She's liking what she's hearing and what she's seeing. She's building a bit of trust with us as a brand. What's the call to action then? How do we get Mary off off the internet and into our business? Soft call to action is to get her into the Facebook group. This mm. is where we're now going to start Love creating it. a community of Marys. Um, and we've created now a community of Marys. The WP Innovator podcast has around 633 Marys. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> we were all talking. So, And again, they're all web designers all discussing um, those particular Mary concerns like contracts or whatever it is that we're talking about or uh, processes or managing projects, all, all of that good stuff. Mm. So that's now a, a, a growing audience, like a loyal a fan base slash community mm. slash um, and and also I know who they are uh, because with the podcast it's very faceless you know yep. we've got thousands of downloads but we only really know who 633 of those are because they are yeah. actually in the Facebook yeah the cool thing about YouTube is is we're also meeting new people through the comments on YouTube so that is also helpful uh, and we're still early days in YouTube trying to get it trying to get to grips with that one but yeah so the soft call to action first of all for mary is to get her into a group start having those conversations Mm -hmm. um, adding more value into the group as well Mm -hmm. Um, so mary becomes a part of those conversations a part of that group um, so that we can then take them in theory on to the next level and the next level for this is this is for angled crown is the next level uh, well, this is WP Innovator. I've not got to the next level yet. I am just simply at the stage of that soft call to action where I've gotcha. been growing a community. But ideally, um, yes, we would want to start to sell some products. And we are targeting a product we're building it at the moment, which is specifically to design to print agencies. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of companies in the UK, especially where we yeah. are, who are still print agent designed to print they will only design magazines etc and they are very desperate to kind of shift into the into the digital arena so we want to create some courses around how do you get from you know absolute noob to actually being able to do something in the digital arena and i don't mean teaching them how to do wordpress or anything i'm actually teaching them some more effective strategies about how getting getting people involved in that Um, so that's one thing that we we want to do but the other offshoot of the of the podcast has quite simply been that through the community and through the podcast we get opportunities in all the time from listeners who either want to work with us or they know somebody who's struggling and again uh, so we get at least an email a week of a new opportunity that's a result of hey i've listened to your podcast we'd really love to work with you or have listened to your podcast someone over here was saying they're struggling with x y and z can i make an introduction so we get lots of leads just that way alone so we put ourselves out there and by accident accidentally on purpose mm-hmm. we get leads yeah um accidentally <clears throat> accidentally and beautifully engineered by design um well done <laughs> excellent it's kind of weird i feel like i'm talking to myself on this podcast because 
if I was a guest on someone's podcast and they asked me these questions, I would just say, well, go and listen to the episode of the WP Elevation podcast with Lee Jackson and there are my answers because this is exactly <laughs> what this is exactly what I've done. This is exactly how we do it here. I mean, this is exactly our process and uh, it's no accident that, this is, that we share these ideas because it works. Question is, if I'm a, a small business owner and I'm really tight on time, how, uh, just give me like a, a, maybe, you know, a quick tip or a quick hack on creating content quickly because every business owner has ideas in their head about how they can help their customers. How do they get that out of their head and into content in a time efficient manner? I've got two, two tips, two top tips. Number one, obviously podcasting. Mm-hmm. You, if you can arrange a 30 minute meeting with a client, you can probably arrange a 30 minute meeting with Mary's supplier to do a friendly chat like we're having now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't take much. And then you can send that audio file out to somebody, um, maybe people per hour or dare I say fiverr.com or wherever yeah. uh, for them to just quickly do the audio for you so that you can upload it. So that is literally half an hour of your time plus maybe five minutes admin. So podcasting is a very easy way to start uploading content. For the mm-hmm. first eight weeks, you're probably going to be in the new and noteworthy section. So that's going to get you some traction as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously feed everything into social media, use a, a tool like Buffer or Meet Edgar, et cetera, mm-hmm. to just syndicate regular retweeting of, of your uh, podcasts. So that's how to to, to build that up and yep. again half an hour to an hour tops for the for that um with regards to uh, my other idea as well which we started doing ages ago was uh, blogging you can actually blog in five minutes you can write a 500 word blog in five minutes or less just by going for a walk and actually recording it as you talk so go out with uh, a question Mm-hmm. and then record that question into your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, rev.com has an app for this. Yep, and I do. You record, you record your answer, mm-hmm. which is literally you talking. Mm-hmm. You send submit, it goes to rev in a less than an hour pretty much every time. Yep. They then send you the transcribed version of what you just spoke about. Yep. And then you can quickly edit it because obviously sometimes we say, um, or repeat ourselves and it sounds a bit weird in text, but just a quick edit. So five minutes of talking, hour later, you've got your transcription, probably another five or six minutes of just sorting out the uh, the text and then boom into uh, into your blog so you edit your transcriptions yourself do you yeah interesting to, to yeah well because i knew what i was talking about it's, yeah. if you give it to someone else they might find it a little bit harder mm. to uh, to restructure because when i'm answering a question mm-hmm. Uh, and I've probably done that in the podcast. I start answering the question, and I think of another answer as well. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of it all comes out in a big muddled blurb, yeah. which you probably understand listening to it. Yeah. But when you're reading it, it's a little bit harder uh, to understand the yep. the mixed up thoughts of someone who's doing some verbal yep. diarrhea versus it being written on paper. And of course, you mentioned it before. If you like uh, people per hour, if you're really busy and you are a very good. Um, uh, uh, verbal communicator, unlike myself who can't speak right now, if you're a very good verbal communicator and you're really busy, you can just talk your answers, get the transcript back from Rev, send that over to people per hour, get that written up as a yep. blog post. And, you know, for like 120 bucks or less, you've got an amazing blog post that is really super helpful and is evergreen content that will bring people in from from search and social for months and years to come. And you can do it for a hell of a lot less than 120 bucks. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm, so, gonna, I'm looking at like the. I'm thinking like you know three or four hours for a blog writer, but it's probably not going to take that long. Yeah. Well, so, I yeah. send five minute transcriptions, so it costs me five to ten dollars with Rev. Right. Uh, for gotcha. my transcriptions. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, yeah. obviously I'm talking a lot faster than I am right uh, than right. I'm writing. So yeah. within five to ten minutes of a transcription, it's ten. Yeah. T- ten dollars tops and then obviously to get an editor it might be 30 or yep. 40 bucks on yep. people brow or a more depend i mean you probably need a good editor don't you so i probably don't want to scrimp there yeah love it awesome um 
Man, this has been fantastic. Uh, this has been, I, I can just, I mean, this is, it's, I'm so glad we had this conversation because this is something that uh, we do and I've seen done a lot, but I've never actually seen it broken down like this, or if I have, it's, it hasn't been for a long time. So it's good just to revisit this. And I like the, the premise that if we're starting something from scratch, what would we do? Um, because we get that opportunity to take what we've learned and distill it down into a very actionable um, bullet point list, if you like. Uh, and hopefully people listening to this, if you're not, if, you know, I always say this to people in WP Elevation, if you don't think you've got enough clients, it's because you're not being helpful enough you're not helping enough people and you're not being helpful enough. If you just if you work out your sweet spot, who you want to serve and then serve them better than anyone else, leads will come uh, because they will see you as being super helpful. Um, this has been awesome. How do people uh, how do people stay in touch and find out more about what you're doing? And is there a Facebook group they can join? How does all that work? Okay, uh, if you want to join the Facebook group, head on over to wpinnovator.com forward slash group, and that'll redirect you to the Facebook group better than me giving you a really super long url uh, if you want to get in touch uh, i'm on twitter a lot it's lee jackson dev that's my twitter account and um i kind of live on twitter if you want to add me as a facebook friend that's cool as well i've, I've got loads of people i don't know on facebook but <laughs> it's good because then we get to know each other <laughs> and then if you want to find out about uh, the, the two companies it's angledcrown.com and eventengine.tv and so the final question is why the events industry we touched on this at the start of the call why the why did you niche into the events industry because I'm a very creative person. I love people. I love networking. And events are all about getting people together over one specific subject, etc. So the event essentially is the Mardi Gras. It's the party of whatever that community is. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to be a part of that, help facilitate that, and help connect those communities and get them to those events where they get so much value. Mm. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I really appreciate you getting up early on the other side of the planet to be on this call. And uh, no I look forward to keeping the conversation going and looking forward to uh, hanging out in the WP Innovator Facebook group. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that episode of the WP Elevation podcast as much as I did, as I said in that, in that uh, call. It really was like interviewing myself. Uh, it resonated with me so much. Uh, it's exactly the process that we've followed here to build a very uh, successful business at WP Elevation. So take what Lee Jackson said uh, very seriously and take action on uh, what you've learned in this podcast. Of course, you can learn more about Lee and see all of the show notes uh, for this episode and all of the links at wpelevation.com slash Lee Jackson. And we'd love to hear your feedback in the comments section. Also, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It does really help us come up in the search results and it really helps us uh, spread the message and get in front of even more WordPress consultants. And uh, it helps us compete with those um, people like Matt Medeiros at The Matt Report who's trying to outnumber us with five-star ratings and reviews. So please help us beat Matt Medeiros at The Matt Report. I know he won't mind me saying that. Uh, you can uh, do all of that at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. And Matt, if you're listening, thank you for keeping me on my toes. Hey, we look forward to seeing you again and having your company on the next episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Go Elevate.